Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another bite-sized political podcast. And, uh, you know, I want to talk a little bit about Brexit uh, because it's something that used to dominate the media, especially up until COVID, I guess, and then it's kind of been knocked sideways. And it's only now it comes back, every now and again anyway, uh, with regard to the Rishi Sunak deal over Northern Ireland. That's brought some of it back into the spotlight. But otherwise, it kind of sits quietly in the background. And uh, I, I wanted to explain what I think about Brexit after, what, 2016? So we're talking seven years ago, I suppose. Quite a reasonable slice of time has moved on since then. And you see people like, uh, for example, the Daily Mail commentator, uh, Sarah Vine, coming out and saying that Brexit cost her her marriage and that she wants the whole civil war put behind us and we just need to move on. We've had former Spartan uh, Steve Baker, the M- Conservative MP for High Wycombe, uh, ardent, staunch Brexiteer, 100% behind Rishi Sunak. And uh, it just strikes me that essentially, I mean, Brexit is, in a way, it, it doesn't mean anything anymore because the one thing that the British political establishment has proven is it is absolutely determined to pay no attention to the interests of what's right for the British people. The British government is not interested in you. It never was. It's just that now we can see it. The British government desperately, desperately wants to be back in league with its uh, compatriots in Brussels. And we've seen that during COVID. They instantly, any pretense of Britain going its own way where, <clears throat> was, uh, was junked. And we followed the lead from the UN and Brussels and all the rest of it. So it's not as if we've actually demonstrated at any point a desire to actually govern Britain in the interests of the British. That's not how it operates. In fact, Britain is governed in the interests of everybody but the British. And that's apparent in, for example, immigration uh, policies, which uh, which we've talked about plenty of times here. So, so I'm not surprised that in 2023, some of those who were loving the um, publicity afforded them when they supported Brexit, or at least they appeared to support Brexit in 2016, seven years later, they, they want to just move on. Can we please just not talk about Brexit? Can we just get on with, well, whatever getting on means. That's, and I think that sums up pretty much, I would think 99%, if not 100% of all politicians at Westminster. I think with very few exceptions, they, uh, they never wanted Brexit. Uh, they have realized that after all these years, it can be chipped away at. Rishi Sunak's chipping away at it. Sir Keir Stormer will chip away at it. And eventually, eventually, I figure by 2029, 2030. Uh, Brexit will be essentially undone. But it is already. But it doesn't matter. Because whether we're governed by tyrants from Brussels or tyrants from Westminster, we're still governed by tyrants. And if people say, ah, yeah, but you can vote them out at Westminster. No, you can't. You've got a two-party state. You're not allowed to dissent from the two-party state. So whilst I absolutely oppose the European Union, and whilst I am 100% in favour of Britain being a sovereign nation, the problem is that the people of Westminster, many of those in the political bubble, those in the media, those in business, they want us to be still linked to the European Union. They haven't stopped crying about it for the past seven years. I mean, initially their salty tears were a wonder, 
But after some time, it becomes purely tedious. And of course, everything, but everything is blamed on Brexit. You know, if the sun doesn't rise in the morning, well, that's the fault of Brexit. So we have been, we were subject to incredible propaganda back in 2015, 2016. And we've been subject to propaganda ever since then. And at no point, contrary to the lies of Boris Johnson, did we ever get a full-blooded Brexit. What we got was a tokenistic Brexit, which was then left there so that it could be eventually be unpicked. And that's what they're doing at the moment. They are unpicking Brexit. Uh, so that, as I say, we can be fully aligned with the European Union, good little globalists following the orders from Klaus Schwab and the rest of the gang, and utterly uh, removed from the independence that we actually voted for. Now, I'm not sure what that means for all those millions of Brits who actually did vote for Brexit. How do they feel about it? How do they feel about the fact that you didn't get what you voted for ever? And what's, what, what, what name is it for a country where when you vote one way, you get something different? There's a name for countries like that, isn't it? And it sure as hell isn't a democracy. So it seems to me that the biggest thing that Brexit did deliver was a recognition that we leave, live in a tyrannical country where there is uh, little interest in sovereignty, proper British sovereignty. There's no interest in defending British borders. There's no interest in, interest in setting British tax rates, British interest rates, British VAT rates. None of that. None of that matters. They just want to be good little globalist citizens, the politicians, that is. And they just want to go along with whatever globalism wants. And so it was inevitable that Brexit would be betrayed. But for goodness sake, let's not give them any credit. Let's call them out for what they're doing. At the very least, we can do that, even as they do sell us down the river. Thanks for listening. Thank you.